Welcome to The Spirit of Success, a podcast hosting honest conversations for people who want to show up and work in life to create their own limitless realities. Each week, we deliver spiritual inspiration from real people, sharing their stories about authentic living from the road less traveled. Now here's your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Spirit of Success. It's Dr. Tracy Debbie. So excited to have you here today. This is a super duper special episode for me. Yep, I said that, super duper. I have my very good friend, Courtney, on the show. I didn't know what to call her because I knew Courtney before she became a doctor. And then she also got married and I she changed her name. So <laughs> it's all confusing for me, but I know her as Courtney. Like I said, Courtney is a good friend and she's a fellow chiropractor and we've lived these completely separate lives that have been so in tandem and in parallel. It has been insane and we reconnected recently and could not believe the similarities that were in our life. She's listened to the podcast and given me really great feedback and so it's such an honor for me to have her on the show to share her learnings and wisdom and journey you'll learn that we have very, very similar stories. And we are so passionate about educating people from our experience on what wellness is, what health is for us, being in the in the healthcare system, and then also being patients. We learned a lot and we want to share that with you. And we're very passionate about it. So This episode is super important for me to help spread the word, like I said, on what these basic concepts are. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I think the episode will do the speaking for itself. So without any further ado, here's the episode. Welcome, Courtney. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So today's a special day too. So I want everyone to know it is December 21st as we are recording this. And today is winter solstice. Um, We're going to look back on this whenever this gets aired (laughs) and remember what we are doing today. But you tell me if I get any of this wrong. (laughs) Okay. We met in undergrad towards the end of our undergrad because we we were in the same um, kinesiology program at Waterloo. And I think we developed a really like quick friendship. I remember like driving around in your car. <laughs> your car was awesome. Um, anyway, and then we both ended up becoming chiropractors. I went to school in New York and you went to school in Toronto. Life happened. And we again shared these v- very similar things that have brought us to where we are now. And that's why I was so excited to have you or am so excited to have you on the show. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about kind of where you are now and like how this year has been for you? Okay. So first of all, I would agree with that story. I was trying to remember like when exactly we met. It was like maybe in our third year. It was definitely towards the end because I had changed programs. I didn't actually start in kinesiology, but yes, we did become quick friends for sure. And then, yeah, we've kind of lived strangely parallel lives despite not keeping close contact when we both left for Cairo school. So this year for me has been a bit of a whirlwind. I live in Ontario and we were shut down for, I think it was approximately three months that I couldn't practice. It was strange. 
I mean, that's probably the longest I've gone in my like adult life, not even adult, like my working life without working, like probably since I was like 15 years old, it was a lot of downtime, like a lot. And it made me very much realize like, what do I do for fun? What are my hobbies and interests? Do I even have those anymore? What, who am I without work? So it was um, a really tremendous opportunity for self-reflection and growth and to kind of explore some sides of myself that I had not paid enough attention to. That time spent with myself and working on my more spiritual side, my more intuitive side is really what led me here and what led us to be on yet again, a very similar path and career trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I think it's like, raise your hand if that was you in COVID. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> totally. Who am I? Not just without your job, but like, what do I do for fun? What do I like? You know, it's like we have these filler things. Like, one, we make these weekend plans to do something, but like, ultimately, like, where, like, where does that leave us? You know, am I connected to that thing I do on the weekend or is that just something to fill time? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we were all very guilty of that. And I know I've had this conversation with several friends of just, we fill our schedules to the hilt and like never stop to ask ourselves, do I even want to do this thing anymore? And suddenly when it was taken away, it was like a big indicator whether or not you missed that thing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been like a real reprioritization process of like, do I want to play a hundred sports every night? Do I want to be part of all of these like clubs and groups and whatever, what actually brings me joy? What do I actually want to re-implement in my schedule now that it's available to me? Yes, I love that. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. You literally said it. But I think it was really hard not to look at it, as you said, because literally it's like, what else am I going to do? Like we were in lockdown, meaning you can't go anywhere. I mean, I didn't even feel safe going outside right? That actually happened. I've been reflecting a lot. I mean, obviously it's the end of the year, but I've just felt the the like inner pull to just do a lot of reflection, like coming from that and then doing what I'm doing now, like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Like what a shift because I took the time to be like, what am I doing? And as you said, as you asked that question about, you know, you're like, after work sports or clubs, it inevitably comes to relationships. Same question comes to work. I ask the same question. I know you asked. It's like, what am I doing with my job? And my life. (laughs) And my life, right? Like everything I just said basically sums up some total. It's your life. But I think the big question for me too is like my job. Like it's not what I thought it was. Not that I had this idea, but I just knew that something was different. There was something more out there for me. And that's what really sparked this whole like growing up, awakening, whatever you want to call it. And I know you've alluded to having a very similar experience. Like, can you maybe take us through the parts of that that you feel comfortable sharing? So like Tracy mentioned earlier, I am a chiropractor, um, but I am transitioning out of what traditional practice looks like. So it was really a moment to like sit and think about exactly what you were just saying. What is happening with my practice? Am I happy with how it currently looks? And do I want to bring changes moving forward when I'm able to return to practice? And I mean, I had a lot of time to sit and think, and that was really a blessing this year because I had known for a number of years at this point that current kind of traditional chiropractic practice for me just wasn't that fulfilling. 
And it was nothing against the career. Like, I think it is an amazing career and I think there are amazing practitioners, but I just didn't seem to fit the mold of what people were looking for. And what people were looking for was someone who would fix their physical ailments. And that was the word that I got constantly. And I know that you also have expressed this a number of times. I guess it was just very disheartening to have people come and want to be fixed and to just feel like time and time again, I was failing. And this is what I came to realize in my quiet time of reflection. It wasn't that I was failing them. It's that that's not the point of the system. That's not the point of practice. We're not gods. We're not here to fix other people. We're here to assist them and help them in their journey of health and wellness. But with my training and with my current practice, I just didn't have the proper tools to help the people achieve the goals that they wanted, which was to be pain-free. And the problem with that is that their pain didn't necessarily originate in the places that they thought And they weren't open to learning and understanding and reflecting on themselves of where their pain actually was originating from, because a lot of the time it wasn't physical. I think you explained that so beautifully. And I think I want people to really listen to what you're saying. I was a patient and that's exactly what happened to me. You know, my goal was to go back to doing exactly. And I thought that was like a very admirable thing, like get out of pain go back to doing exactly what I was doing before. It sounded very like, like really admirable. And I got patients who wanted that. And I was like so proud to help them go back to exactly what caused the pain in the first place. I think that's just our current mentality as a collective is just, we want to overcome whatever the speed bump or this roadblock is so that we can go back to the status quo. I mean, everybody wants to get back to what normal used to look like. And we've really had to shift and reframe and be like, I don't think that, what normal looked like is ever going to exist again. There's going to be this new normal. And that is actually a really helpful shift. And that is also something that I feel like needs to come into all fields of medicine of recognizing normal wasn't working. So we need to establish what we consider to be normal. And that needs to incorporate whatever it is that your body's trying to signal to you needs to happen. Yeah. I like, I so agree because for me, normal was having pain as a provider. And it wasn't until I I accepted this idea of a new normal means not having pain before anything materialized in in my world where that was a reality. But if you can't even imagine yourself without pain, and this is the thing I noticed too, it wasn't just physical pain, as you said, and it wasn't like rooted in like, oh, I twist my ankle only. There was a lot of other emotional things behind that, but also there was a certain attachment to pain. It was this interesting thing where people wanted to check a box and be like, well, I sought help for it. I did my thing. It's not my fault. I I did it. And I'm not saying that the pain is, is anyone's fault. I want that to be very clear. Um, I'm not blaming anybody for their pain, but at some point, at least this is my journey and my experience, and I've talked about this before, it's like that responsibility is yours. Like you said, like sometimes one plus one really does equal two. Like I twisted my ankle. Now my ankle hurts. Sometimes there very much is that clear correlation of something physical happened. And now I have a physical sensation as a result. And for that chiropractic is awesome because you are actually using the correct tools for the correct job. If it is a physical ailment, seeing a physical practitioner is great because that's what we're trained to do. But those weren't the cases that would kind of 
keep me up at night for a lack of a better phrase. And like, those weren't the ones that like stung because it felt like I was failing. A lot of times people will come to me and say, I don't know why this hurts. I don't know where it came from. I just woke up with this one day. That was always frustrating because there has to be a place it was coming from. And it's just hard to tease that out sometimes because first of all, I wasn't asking the correct questions because I wasn't trained to ask the correct questions. And if I can't ask the correct questions, then how can the patient give me the correct information? It was just a very, it was almost like a language barrier. And it was so difficult to trace down to the root of the problem because at the end of the day, there's always a root because pain doesn't just happen spontaneously. It's not some like negative thing that happens to us. It's not a punishment. It's no different than the check engine light. It means that we need to stop and pay attention and do some maintenance on some area of our life. It doesn't have to be physically what we're doing day to day. It could be emotionally. How are we speaking to ourselves every day? What are we feeling every day? Our mental patterns, again, what what are we saying? Are we telling ourselves we're doing a bad job every day or are we telling ourselves we're doing a good job every day? There's so many levels of things that can manifest as physical pain. And unfortunately, physical practice is only going to address, say, 25% of those things. I love that you said that. And it's so true. It's like, there's two things that are coming to my mind, like hearing you speak. And one of them is like, our bodies are so wise. And the thing that I realized going through my own journeys, I didn't trust my body. Mm-hmm. So when you ask about the root cause, I just didn't know what I didn't know. It's not like, obviously people want help. It's why they seek out, you know, hands-on practitioners like like we were because they, they honest to God want help. But they sometimes, I didn't even know that I didn't trust my body until I hit like rock bottom. And then I used to ask my patients, like, do you trust your body? And they would start crying or they would be like, no, and not even realize that they didn't know that. And again, this goes back to like the society and the way like we were sort of taught to like not trust your body and look outside for the solution because it's it's kind of easier in in a way, right? It's easier to give someone a prescription. It's harder to talk to them and ask about their lifestyle. But I found like sometimes these types of conversations weren't designed for our our Western healthcare system. I could like, not agree more. Yeah. And like we weren't taught that. So when I started asking these more in-depth questions, people were like surprised. For sure. Because that's not... That's the problem is that that's not what they're coming to us for. They're coming to us to have their physical pain addressed in a physical manner. And it's really hard to try to get that shift in their perspective of, okay, this isn't necessarily a physical ailment. And there's this whole stigma, like we're we're getting a lot better as a collective about destigmatizing mental health, but it's still very difficult from a physical practitioner standpoint to say to a patient, I don't think your problem is physical because then they often instantly default to you're telling me I'm crazy. You're telling me it's all in my head that I'm making it up, but that's not at all the case. Pain is a physical experience. It's a real experience and it's an unpleasant one. Nobody enjoys being in pain, but the problem is that we don't want to sit with it and ask it why it's there. Like, when did this start? What was I doing? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? What is my body trying to tell me? And to your point, it's exactly that we have been taught so much to not trust our bodies, to trust somebody else's opinion who doesn't live in our body. That was probably the number one thing I would tell my patients over and over and over is, you know your body best. 
I don't know your body best. I don't live in it. So if I'm telling you something and it doesn't resonate for you and you don't find that it's making you better, discontinue it because you know your body best. It's like developing that self-trust, which I always say is like a muscle. And I would always, to your point, tell clients that exact same thing in, in a different way. Like ask yourself, you're coming here because you know, and you know, it was really interesting, Court. It's like people knew this, like people recognize this, you know, they knew that there was something deeper. If that pain is persistent. And at the time I was going with like a more than six week time frame, you know, it's probably not that whole, like, you know, I just twisted my back blah thing. I don't even know if I believe in like a simple, you just have this pain and then there's like nothing else going on. It's like telling people you always, your body is looking for equilibrium. You know, I would tell, I would try to tell people that all the time. Like there is something missing. It's like, it's like when you're running and you start to overheat, you sweat. Nobody questions sweating. No one's like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. I'm sweating. (laughs) You just accept that because your body's like, okay, well, I need to get rid of some fluid and we've got to cool down. Like the same thing happens with non-physical things, meaning like emotions. If you want to move through those, guess what? Your body's going to also have symptoms. Totally. And we've all experienced this and we know too. It's funny to me because we can accept some things that show up in the body as that's just the way it is. It's like if you have a public speaking engagement and you're nervous in front of an audience, you're going to have an upset stomach. You're going to have some not nice things happening gastrointestinally because you're stressed. So we can tell if I'm stressed, I'm going to be nauseous. I'm going to have whatever. You're going to have pit stains. Yep. (laughs) Yep. But we're not going to be like, oh, that's weird. I just had like a 30 minute flu. Like, no, we understand that physical, mental, emotional stress causes physical symptoms. So we can accept that, but we can't accept that heartache can show up as literal chest pain. We can't accept that, you know, fear over our financial safety or over our relationships or whatever can show up as back pain. Like, where is that disconnect? It's so interesting to me that some things make sense, but in others, it it just doesn't compute. Pain is actually awesome. It's not a pleasant experience, but it is like our best teacher. We like get so much insight to our lives from pain and all we want to do is numb it out because we don't want the unpleasant experience, but it's there for a reason. It's the check engine light. We did, we were designed with this warning system to be like, Hey, just so you know, this isn't like impending doom yet, but like, if this goes unchecked, you know, we could grenade our whole engine and, and like bad things could happen. So like, let's go see what this check engine light is about. Let's go investigate instead of let's just put a piece of tape over the dash and ignore it. I really want, like what you said, I don't know, people can't see me, but I was literally just having a a party over here listening (laughs) to what you were saying because there is so much disconnect. What you said is so true. Anybody who's had to do public speaking, even you and I, before we got on here, I start to sweat a little bit. I get nervous before. (laughs) I get nervous before I record every time. People are like, yeah, but you're a podcaster. Like, and I got nervous. I checked my pits. Like, I just think that we forget, like, why do we accept it one way? And then here, nope. And this is the, like, this is why I wanted you on the show because, you know, you're my ally in spreading this. Like, we can spread this together. Like, I want people to be aware. This whole show really for me to, like, have you on is just to show people, like, we were in it. We were a part of it. I was a patient. 
so were you, right? Both of us ended up being patients and healthcare providers at the same time. I got to see the like holes and the things I wanted and then got to my, my best attempt at doing them. Right. And like the consciousness that I had at the time to provide that for people to just say, Hey, there's more going on here and your life can be easier. Cause as you said, the pain is unpleasant, right? But if you just allow yourself to experience it, it'll actually save you so much energy so much time. I mean, you're not going to be game planning or worrying about the pain because you just experience it. And obviously I'm saying this, like I had to go through my own experience before I could actually do that. But I never had this awareness. I never had tools. I never had anything. I never knew better. No one ever gave me that validation. It was just like a trial and like error, just following my gut until I found someone who was like, yeah, you didn't know about mind body medicine. And I was like, there's a whole emerging field from Eastern world that talks about this. And not only do they talk about it, there's a fair bit of knowledge around where these non-physical things exist in our physical bodies. That is kind of like a, like a owner's manual. <laughs> and it's not like exact, maybe, maybe like there's like different models have different, you know, different, you know, parts to their manual, but there's a general overview. We're the same way sadness and grief guess where that is chest pain mid back pain shoulder pain arm stuff shoulder stuff like it's all there like if that is 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 constant we know with a certain degree of like yes this is what's going on you can start to ask better questions as you said does that make sense totally and i i wish i could like take notes as you're speaking because there were so many things that you said that i was like yes and this and yes and this like there's so many things that i would love to just expand on but it's such a blur now because there were so many good points in there to your point of eastern medicine oh my goodness like they just they treat people as a whole so much more than western medicine does and western medicine has its absolute strengths but it also has some very very real weaknesses. And a lot of that is around anything that's not the physical body. And so I've been doing a lot of my own self-study and like learning new, even more alternative healthcare things than chiropractic. And essentially we have four bodies and Western medicine only addresses one of them, the physical body, but we also have our mental body, our emotional body and our energetic body. And we do address the mental body, mental and emotional kind of go hand in hand because we have things like psychologists, psychiatrists, but we treat it completely separately. And so a psychiatrist maybe wouldn't recognize that physical pain that that person is having could be a direct correlation to whatever mental, emotional anguish they're experiencing. But the Eastern philosophy, and again, I am not an expert, so I hope I am not like getting any of this wrong, but it's just, it's so much more holistic and it just recognizes that all four of those bodies are so interconnected and all of them are equally important and manifest equally strongly into our day-to-day life. And I don't know why this just popped into my head, but I feel like it's kind of like a neat story. You were talking about the experience of pain and how like, we just want to get rid of it immediately and we don't want to like experience it. This was about menopause. And so they were speaking, whoever this person was, was speaking to like a woman from the West and a woman from the East. So the woman from the West was like complaining about her hot flashes and like how unpleasant and just like, oh, how awful to go through menopause. And the woman from India was like, I don't understand what these hot flashes are. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, that sounds terrible. And 
the practitioner or whoever it was was like, you don't, you don't have hot flashes. Like, I don't understand. Like, is there just like an entire half of the world who doesn't experience menopause? Like, are we missing something here? And so they, they talked about it a bit more and she's like, Oh, you mean the power surges. And so these women would interpret what we would say is like a hot flash. And it's like, Oh, so awful. I'm sweating. It's gross. Like I'm flushed. And they would be like, no, like that's like divine feminine energy just surging forward. Like it's a power, power surge, power flash. Mm-hmm. And like just that simple reframe takes the exact same experience, but turns it into something empowering, something liberating instead of something that's awful and happening to us. And so I think that is just like a great way to frame how we could look at pain. We can look at it as like, ugh, what did I do to deserve this? What bad karma do I have? Or thank you, body. What are you trying to tell me? I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to ask myself, what's not serving me in my life? What's not serving me in my job? What's not serving me physically? Do I need to eat better? Do I need to move more? Like, what do you need body? Thank you for popping up with this little reminder. Oh my God. I love that. I love that example with the menopause that you talked about, because it's so funny. I went through something similar because I used to have really bad period cramps. And then someone told me like the first day of, of your period, that's the most powerful. Like you are the most powerful. That's the day to have your like important meetings and like reflect on things that you want to manifest and co-create. And I was like, whoa. And I made that simple reframe myself. I know that this is kind of gross, but I was like, I'm bleeding and I'm not dying right? Yeah. Like I'm literally, I know that's, again, I don't really care if it's gross. It's true. This happens, you know, every month and I'm not dying. That in itself is a full miracle, you know? And so I was like, damn, I am powerful. And I just made this like mental shift again, only, I think, I think only like one person knew about it and such a difference in terms of how I feel physically. Who knew? Mm -hmm. That's huge because like you said, you go through that every month And so to have that reframe from, ugh, period cramps, ugh, periods are so terrible, uh, to go from like, no, this is borderline a superpower that I can bleed every month and still carry on with my day-to-day life and not die. It's a very powerful thing. And again, nobody taught me that. Everyone taught me the whole story about expect cramps, expect to have this, expect it to be painful, and then definitely just lie down and do nothing. With everything we're saying, I want to put like a like disclaimer here. If what we're saying doesn't feel good, don't do it. <laughs> yes. If it feels good to you, do it. This is not medical advice. We're on a podcast chatting. Don't do it. Like do what feels good. Like this felt really good for me. That story is so resonant with me for that purpose. And so I just wanted to tell people like do what feels good to you. And these simple reframes, guess what? Always available. That's why the provider that you seek or the person that you want to go see, like do some research, like see if they're the ones that can help you put these pieces together because you and I existed out there. We were doing it. And it's, it's kind of funny because the more I started really embracing this, I started attracting people. I've had a few of my patients on the show. I can say that now who really, really appreciated what I was doing. Like there are people out there that can help you. And like Courtney and I said, like, we love chiropractic. I still, like, I didn't want to not practice. There was just something that was calling me in like a stronger direction to use everything I've gained throughout my practice to help people in a completely different way without that boundary of healthcare, um, the like Western system. The other thing that I quickly wanted to also mention about the Eastern system is they've never not looked at people as whole. And it's the oldest medical tradition we have in the world that has survived. 
And one other thing that Gabor Mate made very clear is they never separate the person from their environment ever. They never separate that because it doesn't make sense. It literally makes no sense, you know, and that's why he gets very passionate about the gaps in the Western system, like how we like find a cancer cell and then think that, oh, we have one cancer cell. Let's create this like formula on how to treat this one cancer cell. But everybody's cancer cells are unique because the person is unique and that doesn't make sense. And he said it's like trying to cure a traffic problem by looking at a radiator from one car. Makes no sense. Like, how are you going to cure? That's what he says. And you kind of think about it and you're like, that's so true. Because we also know that anyone that has any serious disease, the thing that helps them the most is the like support groups. Again, going back into like, we give them the chemo and we know that the support groups are one of the most helpful things, the emotional side of that. And if people feel held and supported. And then again, it's separate. Chemo is over here and this is over here. And it's just... Yeah, I can't imagine what that must be like because even just having two of those bodies like addressed, like I don't feel whole, I don't feel complete, you know? And I think that our gift is having experienced that. Now we know what it's like to give that. And I know you've kind of told me a little bit about your experience. Are you open to sharing that with our audience, kind of like how you got um, to where you are in like this kind of mindset? Yeah, totally. And I just want to say like, I feel like the big lack right now in healthcare is just empowering the patient to find their own solution. Obviously, there is times and place where we absolutely need surgical intervention. We need pharmaceutical intervention. Like those things happened for a reason. Those were developed because there was a need for it. But I feel like we default to those way too quickly without asking the patient, what can we clean up in your lifestyle first? Are you, do you have job satisfaction? Do you have people who love you, who tell you that? They love you. Like we need to, again, not treat people as separate from their environment. And I love that. In terms of my own journey through the healthcare system, like you mentioned earlier, I have been both a practitioner and a patient. And I unfortunately did not have the most pleasant experience in our healthcare system. For a while, I let me, I let it jade me. But after some time and reflection and growth, I've just let it inspire me to try to fill those gaps and like see what I can bring to the table to help people who might be in the same situation as me. So in essence, I think it boils down to, I was not trusting my body, which is the number one mistake just everybody makes is assuming that other people know best, but no, you know best. And I ignored pain that I was having for probably a year until it got to like critical mass that I could not ignore the pain anymore. It was interrupting my day. I couldn't go to work in and of itself, like finding a doctor to get examined by, because I don't have a family, family practitioner was difficult. So like I let it go for a year and then probably took an additional three months to actually be seen by a proper practitioner. And it turned out that I had precancerous growths on my reproductive organs, which was devastating. I was 26 or 27. I was young and like in my reproductive prime, like didn't know whether or not I wanted children yet. And it was a very scary diagnosis. And this is coming from somebody with a wealth of healthcare knowledge, with like an educated background for someone who can easily advocate for themselves. 
I was still terrified because it's so easy for me to sit here and say, pain is a teacher, pain is this and that. I don't say that lightly. I say that as somebody who's come through the other side. And like, I was not that graceful about it. Like I kicked and screamed and like fell victim to my pain just as much as anybody does. I was met with a lot of just, I guess, bluntness would be the word. Like, I'm not sure what it is that I want to convey, but there was, there was very little empathy for my situation. And it was just, yes, this is what you have. And your best course of option is surgery. And there was no, no alternative therapies offered to me. It was just, okay, well, like, if you want this to go away, we are going to cut it out. And being somebody who has a healthcare background, I was like, but there has to be like an option B and like C and D, like it can't only be option A. So I spoke to this doctor and was like, what are my other options? I don't feel comfortable having surgery on my uterus at 27 when I don't even think I was married at this point. Like I was with my current partner still, but we weren't ready to have kids. We weren't even ready for that discussion. And now you're just going to tell me like, that might not be an option without any further discussion. He basically said, no, like this is your best shot, like take it or leave it. And so I said, well, I'm going to leave it for now. I'm going to explore alternative therapies. Like I'm going to go consult with a naturopath. I'm going to go do my own research and I will be back. And he said to me and like, looked me dead in the eye and said, okay, I'll see you when it's full cancer. That was probably the most terrifying moment of my life because it was just so brutal. Like you're stupid for ignoring my advice and like bad things are going to happen to you. And like, that was a very, very difficult time for me to advocate for myself and trust my gut. And like, I have to say that is probably the proudest moment of my life in retrospect, trusting myself over somebody who was a perceived expert in their field. And so I did, I went and I found this naturopath who specialized in like reproductive dysplasias. And she was like the antithesis of everything that this medical doctor was. She didn't fear monger me. She was like, okay, this is not that bad. We have options. Here are your options, but let's talk about your life. We talked about my life. And when she asked about my stress levels, I was like, oh, like a hard 10 out of 10. Like there's, I don't sleep. I don't eat properly. I'm worried about everything all the time. I was working in like an incredibly, and like, I don't use this word lightly because I feel like it's overused lately, but toxic work environment, like a very, very toxic, abusive work environment. There were so many things that my body was just screaming at me, please pay attention. Like you can't go on like this. And so I walked out of that naturopath's office with high dose vitamin therapy and basically permission to go and quit my job and refresh my life. And I did, I walked into my office, quit my job that day, stopped eating just garbage and fed myself proper food, got eight hours plus of sleep at night. And when I went for my follow-up, that medical doctor who was so certain I was going to have full cancer, I saw him two months later and it was completely resolved. He had never seen anything like it. He was like, the first test must've been wrong, whatever. Like he could not fathom that there would be any alternative means of healing. 
to the point that he questioned like whether or not their tests were right the first time, but they were, it was just his complete arrogance and his complete lack of open-mindedness. He couldn't fathom that there was another answer. And that is the problem with our healthcare system is that we are only given one option. And again, this was not a great doctor. Not all doctors are like that. And I do not mean that every medical doctor is going to be that harsh and like have no bedside manner. As a matter of fact, this doctor has been sued several times. He was the one who was part of my story. And I'm grateful for it now because it actually was a tremendous teacher. But for a lot of young women, he might've been the one who took away their chance for fertility because of arrogance and because of not exploring other options. So being a patient, I understand that it is really hard to advocate for yourself sometimes. And it's really hard to trust your gut, but like, if something doesn't feel right, get a second opinion. I understand that everybody has a medical background and it's intimidating, but if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Wow. I'm just like, I have tears in my eyes, honestly. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say. First off, thank you because I actually have this, my hands are sweaty, (laughs) but I have this chill in my body. Like, I think you're going to help so many people with your story. You know, and I'm I hope so. so proud that I we that we can talk about this today because I I want to tell you a part of me is like I'm sorry you had to in, encounter that that doctor because like you said not every doctor is like that right but he was a part of your journey and in some ways I can see how you could be grateful for that because it really got you to look hard in the other direction and you moved really quickly two months is is remarkable you know, you should be so proud of yourself. And I love what you said about advocating. That's what it comes down to. Sometimes you have to advocate for yourself and not sometimes, pretty much all the time. You have to advocate for you because again, this goes back to what you tell your patients all the time. You know your body best. We can give you recommendations based on our experience, things we've seen, but at the end of the day, you know your body best. And I know I've been in, in a very similar situation where people told me I need surgery at 16 and then again at 24 and then again at 27. And I was like, no, no, I don't think that cutting whatever the problem is out is going. And, and again, it's just a feeling But having that strength to say, and I didn't have any medical background at the time. And so if there's anything that I hope our stories, but especially your story can convey is be your own advocate. And I think that's going to be so important moving forward because we're opening up to these different ideas of what wellness is. Like, what is wellness for you? Like, that's a great question to ask yourself, you know, because as you said, this probably helps spur that whole, like, what's going on in my life? Like you just said that you quit your job. Yeah. And like, that is very uncharacteristic for me, for anybody who knows me. Like I am a very big people pleaser and like, it is something I'm really working on. I am so much the person who just wants to do what's expected of me, who doesn't want to make waves, who like wants to be easygoing and like not step on toes. So to tell a doctor, no. And then to go in and tell a boss, no, in short order, like That was a huge turning point in my life for more reasons than one. I would encourage anybody to do the same. Like if something doesn't feel right, if something is actively hurting you, it's not right. This job was actively hurting me. Like I know you and I spoke about it on our last conversation. Like I would cry all the way into work and all the way home. Like it was like a half hour drive. And like, I would just sob because it was just such a hurtful work environment. It was so 
money centered. It wasn't patient care centered. Like we were actively encouraged to keep patients coming long after what they should have been because they still had insurance money left. Like it was, it was awful. There are so many really harmful personalities in healthcare that are just so ego driven and are not at all out for the patient's greater good. And I mean, for every one of those personalities, there's 10 personalities that are excellent and got into healing for all the right reasons. But like on that note of advocating for yourself, also do your research. You said this earlier too. do your research, shop around because like not everybody is going to be a good match for you. And even if that person is like a very altruistic, like they got into this profession for the right reasons, you can still have like personality clash and that's okay. Like if something's just not working for you, move on and find somebody else because there will be like that naturopath honestly saved my life. It's not that I was going to die of cancer that day, but like I had such toxic self deprecating habits that were like really leading me down a path that was really negative. And like, I just was so self-sabotaging because I just wanted to make everybody else happy. Like eventually that would have just run me into the ground and her being like, no, it's time for you to put yourself first it's such a cliche thing, but it's like, you can't pour from an empty cup. hundred percent. You, you also give the cup, right? It's like, and take my cup actually. And then you have nothing. And I think that's like the, unfortunately, that's what happens in, in like healthcare. We get into it. Like, as you said, for all these right reasons, and then we overextend way, 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 way beyond what we can give. And that actually doesn't help anybody in the process. And like your body will literally say no, and I just want people to know, like, it happens to anyone. It's not, it's not random, you know? Like, I think people think, oh, someone got this. It's random. Or they go to the gym all the time. They're the healthiest person I know. How could they have this? It's not random, you know? So I just want people to be aware of this. Like I said, I just want to bring awareness, like, through your story and your journey and mine. It's like, you mentioned this, and I haven't really talked about it so much on the show. I worked in the same very toxic environment. And it's so funny because we didn't know this until we talked one day and then we were like, oh my God, we had the same work environment, but it was so toxic. Like I don't tell people about the fact that I cried in my car to and from work. I literally would have to take deep breaths and mentally prepare myself to go in. I'd, I'd go home and sleep. Like I literally just had to be so overwhelmed. I would just sleep and I don't wish that on anyone. And like you said, I'm not like, I'm not mad I'm not blaming anybody. No one forced me to work there. But I will tell you this, Courtney, the day I walked in there, something inside of me is like, turn around. But then what did I get sucked by? Money, because I wanted to live on my own. And they had this promise of money. I think I told you this on our last, I sold my soul that day. I made a lot of money. I learned a lot, but I I also saw a darker side to all of this. And Mm -hmm. like you said, it exists. And that's a part of the normal I hope we don't go back to where we can allow these things to happen. That system existed because people keep buying into it. If we have cheapest is best, if you're competing just on price, then something has to suffer because of that. Something, right? Or you have to increase volume and decrease, like there's a payout somewhere. And if we've accepted that as a society, as like, this is okay, then these things are going to keep happening and happening. And like, to your point, I hope they never happen again. Yeah. And I mean, I had the exact same experience. It's so funny. Like we clearly have very similar, like quote unquote destinies in this life that we lived like such parallel experiences, completely independent of each other. Totally. But, like, my first day at that clinic, 
I was like, get out, get out and run, but like the money. And like, it's so shameful to say that now, like, oh, but money was more important than like my values at that point. But like, honestly, I needed to live. Like I came out of school with a ton of debt. We were struggling, like this provided a secure income. And like, it was hard. I should have said no in retrospect. Like, yes, I wish I had said no. And that's what my body ended up doing for me. And I think that's what we need to focus on more because as much as people want to be fixed, they don't want to feel their pain. Like you're not broken. Pain is not a signal that you're broken. Pain is your body trying to set a boundary for you that you personally cannot set yet. It's trying to tell you enough is enough somewhere. And to say no, like your body is basically trying to be your advocate when you are struggling to be your own advocate. My body said no more enough is enough. I'm really grateful, honestly, to my pain now. And if we can reframe that and ask our pain, like, what are you trying to protect me from instead of why are you hindering me? Like, I think it would change the face of not only medicine, but like our own personal experience of life. Wow. I mean, I feel like we should just end it there because it's literally, that's so good. And if I could just add, it's just, I'm just going to add my voice again. Like my back pain got so bad, literally flattened me the same as yours until I could say, no, like, I can't do this. Like, I can't do this. If I give everything to my patient care and I have nothing left for me and I have to take all this abuse, like, and again, I think the bigger message I'm trying to get here is we knew from day one that it felt wrong. Yes. This is like, this is like, you know, I didn't have that much knowledge at the time. And again, I had that feeling and I'm trying to think of how I can describe this feeling to people. It's literally, to me, it was just a voice that said, turn around and get out. I go on walks a lot. And it's kind of like when you're in a walk in a new neighborhood and you're like, does this way feel good or does that way? Which way? And then you get a little thing. It's like, that way feels good. And you're like, okay. It's that same voice, but louder. (laughs) That's like, turn around and leave. And you might have that. And it might be weird because I didn't do it this time, but I did it again. Like I remember going, actually, I forgot about this. I went to go seek um, another chiropractor physio for like my help with my back pain. And as soon as I walked in the office car, I got that weird feeling again. And I remember making the, like getting there. And I was like, they're like, are you checking in for your appointment? And I was like, no. And I kind of just left. (laughs) Wow. And I called them. so powerful. Yeah. And I called from the car and I was like, Hey, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to like make it. And they're like, Oh, there's a late cancellation fee of whatever. And I was like, that's fine. Charge me. And I remember just being like, no. And then I went to another chiropractor who ended up telling me about Eastern medicine and da and da and da. And he ended up, you know, really helping me forge the path forward. And it's just those, again, you forget about them sometimes. Like, what if I had gone there and he would have told me I was broken and done? Not that he would have, but I know other people that have seen him and that's what they were saying. They're like, I feel worse. You know, my glutes are really weak. And it's like, (laughs) it's not about that. And again, well-intentioned practitioners. I was a well-intentioned practitioner telling people that their, their glutes were weak. Not for long, but I did it. I was like, yeah, you need to strengthen this. AKA you're, you're, you're weak. Because that's what we're taught that's what we're taught. And that was better than just cracking. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) There was like these, like these ranges. So what we're talking about is high level, but it also exists. And that's huge. Like, that's so huge that you listen to your intuition and like, 
like, I think everybody has their own unique physical sensation that goes along with their intuition. Like for me, it's like this sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach, like this, almost like, like you can feel the rug slowly being pulled out from under you. Like that's how I know a situation is wrong, but social convention makes us want to save face more than it makes us want to turn tail and run. It wants to be like, well, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be impolite. Like, I don't want to come off ungrateful, but like, you know what? Screw it. If you're going to come off those things, then that person was not the right person for you in the first place. If they can't respect that this isn't for you, then it was never right in the first place. And on the flip side, you know, when something is right, like you get like butterflies when something is just clicking so well. And like, you know, you found somebody who serves you and you know, like that you're going to have a good relationship with this person that you trust them, that you don't feel like you have to like edit yourself around them for fear of offending them. We just need to like honor what our body is telling us so much, not just from a pain perspective, but like all the sensations we get because so much of our information we process from the world isn't cognitive, it's feeling. And like, we need to tune into that more. We've so, we're so emotionally illiterate as a society, but I think COVID was amazing for that because we had nothing to do, but just sit with ourselves. And I know for myself, like my intuition has skyrocketed because I'm finally listening. Oh my God. I love that you said that because the one thing I'm probably going to end this on is like the language of the body is emotion and feeling. We think that we speak cognitively and our body understands. Our body communicates with us in a totally different way. It's through these feelings, which interestingly enough is also the way our subconscious mind communicates to us, right? So that's nor here nor there. But when I found that out, it was like, whoa, game changer. That's how you can have reversal of precancerous um, cysts in two months. This is how that can happen. It's not, it's not fluky. It's not fake news. It's real. Like this stuff happens. And I've seen it so many times now that I'm like, okay, there's no more proof. It's just sharing your story. That's all that, that we can do at the end of the day. So I want to wrap up by asking you two questions. What is your relationship to success today? I would say my relationship to success right now is listening to my intuition before it makes sense and truly, truly following what my internal compass is telling me to do, even if it's pointing in like the due opposite direction of what everybody expects from me and what is perceived as successful. Following my gut because it's never led me wrong so far, but ignoring it has. I love that so much. And given where you are in your journey, that is going to be so helpful for you. So I love that. And then rolling into my next question is, what are you doing now? And where can we find you? If somebody hears you, they obviously know whether they want to work with you or not. So can you tell the people where to get a hold of you and what you're up to? Yeah, totally. So honestly, this podcast has been amazing. So thank you so much for having me. For anybody listening, I'm just going to be completely honest. We are re-recording this right now, four days before this episode is meant to launch. Um, We recorded the rest of this episode in December. So if there seems to be a small disconnect here, that's why it's about a two-month lapse here. Um, I've changed up my branding, my business name, Um, and basically sent Tracy like 18 panic messages today being like, can we still do this? I know it's so late. Um, So initially my answer was at True North Spiritual because that was the initial name that I was going with for my business. And it just didn't feel quite right. Like it was very close, but it just like wasn't resonating right where I wanted it to, like in my soul basically. So 
Long story short, where you can find me now is Ritual Wellness on Instagram. Um, my uh, website is still pending. I'm hoping that it'll be up and running in maybe another week or so if everything goes according to plan. Or I might just keep changing my name like indefinitely until I finally <laughs> find the one that feels right. But Ritual Wellness is actually a name that kind of came to me very divinely in the summertime. And it just, I wasn't ready for it yet, but it just feels a lot more right for me right now. Yeah, I love that. Hashtag truth bomb because everything she said was true. We are re-recording this and (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with people. When you told me about ritual wellness, I think my initial response to you is, wow, that feels more like you. It feels right. And I didn't know that until I heard it compared to true North spiritual. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes complete sense because that's exactly how I feel. And there's really nothing wrong with True North Spiritual. I think it's a great name, but it just wasn't my name, if that makes sense. Like Ritual Wellness, just like it speaks a lot more to my personality and to like the vision I have of the business moving forward. Um, It's very witchy, which I love and definitely identify with. It's like very intuitive, Um, but also rituals are things that we do routinely they're part of our daily life and for me that's really the true definition of wellness of healing of health it's it's a ritual it's a routine it's something that we do daily it's not a one-time event it's not a fix it's not like a magic bullet it's it's something we have to incorporate into our daily rituals Mm, love that and you're not a real witch until you have a cauldron that's what I learned. So <laughs> I got myself a cauldron and feel like a witch. So um, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, thank you for being honest. I hope our audience appreciates the honesty because I do. Um, and that's why I want to make sure we stay true to b- both of who we are <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> people still know whether they want to work with you or not. It doesn't matter about the name so much. It does for you and the energy and you embodying it. But I think people know either way um, whether they want to reach out to you. And I encourage people to do that because she's this much fun <laughs> always. So <laughs> definitely do that. I had a blast. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. So convenient and easy, I'm sure. So thank you so yeah. much, Tracy. Shout out, Katie. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I could talk to Courtney forever. And I'm sure you guys can feel that between us. Um, Courtney, thank you so much for being on the show. It was such an honor to have you on the show. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. I'm not sure if, if, you, if you can tell, but this episode is <laughs> very important to me. Um, it's sort of my whole mission why I started this podcast in the first place, come back full circle. So like I said, Courtney, you've heard her story. It is so powerful. Do both of us a favor and share this episode with anybody that can relate to it. And I know Courtney would be okay with me saying this, like feel free to reach out to her or reach out to me or us. Courtney and I want to team up together to share this information to a greater population and also educate our fellow practitioners on, you know, from our experience. Um, We tried a lot and we failed a lot and we learned the questions to ask and the questions you don't ask. You know, we want to help people bridge the gap between their mind and body and really understanding these things. So if that is something you are interested in learning more about, or you think that, you know, there's something we should know, 
please reach out to us. We are so open to any help that you can provide so that we can spread this message as far and wide as we can. Also, if this episode moved you in some way, other than sharing it, I would really appreciate you um, liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. And without any further ado, I think that's a lot of asks, (laughs) but this is also very important to me. So yeah, that's, that's everything I wanted to say. I hope you stay well, be well, and make it a great day.